Hi, this is Karen with the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm so glad you joined me. I just want to put it right out there right now today, right this minute, right, right, right now. Hop on over to accessmore.com after you're done listening to this podcast. <laughs> accessmore.com has loads of inspirational, educational, entertaining podcasts in a safe place for you to check them out. I listen to several different podcasters over there. You will recognize some names and some you might not, but it's worth checking out. You can always find some good stuff to listen to. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying this one and hopefully you will enjoy what's over there on accessmore.com. All right. So again, this is the Woman Inspired Podcast and I'm Karen. Glad you're here with me. If you're looking for more information about this podcast, the other podcast I do called Inspired Whispers, uh, or how to book me for a speaking engagement to come to your retreat or event coming up, you can go to womaninspired.com. Also, all my social media links, few as they are, are on that page as well. <laughs> all right. So today's episode is titled Mirror, Mirror. All right. I'm going to start with some pod quotes for you. Ready or not, here they come. Rebellion against your handicaps gets you nowhere. Self-pity gets you nowhere. One must have the adventurous daring to accept oneself as a bundle of possibilities and undertake the most interesting game in the world, making the most of one's best. That's Harry Emerson Fosdick. I love that quote. Also, here's one from First, Fan First Samuel 16.7. That's First Samuel 16.7. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Hopefully we're maturing to be more like him, right? And look at people's heart and what's inside rather than what's on the outside. Um, but have you ever had a time when you felt, um, it kind of goes along with this, of course, but have you ever, ever had a time when you felt like you were stuck, maybe unable to get anything accomplished, your mind is blank yet somehow at the same time it's filled with all kinds of things all kinds of head traffic noise and to-do lists I mean how is that even possible you got nothing going on yet a whole lot of something all at the same time I'm not sure how it's possible but I know it is some people call it brain fog uh, there's a lot of different names for it and they blame it on everything from environmental toxins to food additives to politicians saying things they don't like. I mean, I don't call it brain fog though, even though I definitely know that foggy brain exists. Um, but I can think of a thousand other words that better describe this for me. Fog, fog kind of indicates that you're dense or thick headed in the moment. So though I tend to think my head is too big for my body, I wouldn't call it thick or foggy. No, I, I just don't like that particular wording for what I'm trying to, to talk about. What I do think fits it better is cerebral chaos, or as my brother would say, he calls his brain a crowded cranium. <laughs> to me, it's a matter of my gray matter in my head not working correctly, like my synapses have stalled. I could call it a synapsdilation, a synapse stalling snaps vacation maybe anyway my cerebellum has taken a vacation so that would be cerebrocation <laughs> anyhow foggy does not describe what I'm talking about here but stuck does stuck between things working correctly in my brain 
like I'm stuck on one thing and one thought stalled between mental destinations. I'm here, but I know I, I, I want to go there, but I can't really go forward with the myriad of things that are my brain knows I need to go forward with because I'm stuck on one thing. I'm kind of stalled out. I'm sitting in one spot and my mental wheels are spinning. So typically where my brain leads, my body follows. And it takes huge amounts of effort to get my body up and moving in a healthy, productive direction when my brain can't seem to go there first. Anyone else here with me on this? Do you ever have this happen to yourself? Uh, sometimes I can do it. I can get my body moving, even though my brain is rebelling. Rebelling. I, can't, I can talk today. I really can. Can you tell my brain is rebelling today? <laughs> So is my mouth, apparently. Uh, other times, though, that I give in to this and I space out and I take that cerebrocation, um, which turns into a staycation where I think I can't move and I don't want to uh, move and do anything. And some call that um, Hallmark movie addiction, where you move and you don't want to do anything but sit in front of the TV. Although truthfully, well, I love a good Hallmark movie. They are hard to find anymore. The operative word being good. Yes, I just admitted that in my podcast. It's my opinion only, not a fact or a survey. It's just my opinion, Hallmark. All right, so today as I share this podcast episode with you, my cerebral chaos is directly linked to one thing, and I know it, to my body, the physical. I, I, I may be able to accurately identify this trigger that stalls my synapses from working like they should, but that doesn't mean I have the immediate cure to kick it back in gear. So it's as if one little thing, one topic, one insecurity, one sadness, one aggravation has the potential to pretty much totally derail my motivation at times and my objective reasoning. It can douse my spark in a heartbeat if I let it. Usually I don't let it, whatever it may be, but I, I don't let it take me down for too long if it starts to take me down. Usually it's a it is another person, someone else's attitude or the way they've treated me that kind of might attempt to douse my spark and stall me on the path that I have marked out for the day. And that's on me because I allow them to do that at times. That's a weakness I'm dealing with, but that was not the trigger for me uh, this past week. Today, um, it really has nothing to do with anyone else. It has to do with me. It's not a, a crazy driver that cut me off or a gossiping coworker or gum stuck on my shoe. It's not a hot flash or a hangnail or a bad hair day. It's not an extra bill I didn't expect or a flat tire or a doctor's appointment that's kind of derailed my train of thought. It is 100% the flesh, the physical, most specifically my body or more accurately, my thoughts about my body, my vanity, and my insecurity over my body. So I was at a speaking engagement a while back, and I had a videotape so I could use snippets of it here and there on my website and in social media. So in viewing the video, I remembered why I don't have videos on my social media <laughs> and why I removed them from my website for quite a while. First of all, none of them were that good. They were really grainy and things like that. But strangely enough, most of the videos that I did uh, try to have filmed for a few years uh, so that I could update them on web my website did not turn out well at all. The quality was so grainy or the sound was horrible, so I wasn't really able to use them like I should. And for me, I was doing a little old happy dance over it because, hey, yay, I can't help it. They came out horrible. I didn't do the videoing. <laughs> 
It's God intervening, so I don't have to put them on my website. <laughs> it didn't bother me whatsoever. But now people want to see uh, videos of me speaking, usually, not always, before they have me come out to their church or their event or their retreat to speak. So you can record my voice all day long, though, and use audio snippets or let me speak in front of hundreds of people at a time on a stage, and I'm fine. does not bother me whatsoever. I don't even get nervous. But video, it makes me want to run and scream from the planet. <laughs> and yet I have churches and organizations, like I said, asking me for video clips. And I have followers on Instagram asking me to please post some reels. And I have podcast listeners asking me why I don't post videos to go with my podcasts, which takes me back to my latest effort to have video clips from the speaking engagement I was telling you about, ready to launch on my Instagram and to add to my website. Oh, I hate the video that was done. It wasn't the videographer or the lighting or the editing. I mean, these are straight up professionally done. Very well done. Thank you, Matthew. Um, <laughs> and your wonderful crew videos. I mean, they really are. But even if they weren't amazing videos, I can overlook hinky lights and, and microphones buzzing or little shaky camera or feedback and, and an occasional child crying in the crowd, right? I could, none of that's in there, but I could, I could overlook that. It's, it's me, pure and simple me that bothered me. <laughs> I'm wholeheartedly, as many of you know, if you've listened to this podcast for very long at all, I'm, I'm wholeheartedly a teacher of gaining your identity in Christ, not in the world not focusing on worldly things. So I've spoken on this for years and about working to ignore what the world says you should look like or should be. I'm the purveyor of positive body talk. I teach teenage girls to remember that their flesh is only one part of who they are. And it is basically an ever-changing, growing, shrinking, morphing, hormonal mess half the time. That's our journey. That's what we have. And yet when I see myself on video or in a picture, all that sanity, all that reality, all that truth goes out the window. Every bit of it. Well, let me back up. Truthfully, not always, always goes out the window. But when I feel vulnerable, already down about myself for one reason or another, maybe stressed out, usually due to, some, due to something emotional and difficult that's going on in my life, then pictures and videos of me, they hit me hard. All that stuff comes back into me like, like, it, like it never left me. Frankly, I really, truly do love myself, but I don't always look the way I look some days. I think that's normal. I think that's a, a human mindset, especially for women. Right now, my hair is thinning. To say it's thinning is, is an understatement. Um, and I'm battling thyroid issues. And when I say, again, thinning, it's an understatement. I have several in injuries that I'm overcoming, um, and I haven't actually been able to be as active as I normally have been and exercise every day like I have. Uh, and that's been going on for about seven months now. Although praise God, just the last week and a half, I'm now back to walking every day on my lunch hour again. And, uh, but yet I gained weight over the past seven months and my normal cycle of hiking, walking and trampling through the woods and going down trails was pretty much non-existent last summer and fall. So I'm so thankful I'm up and walking well now, but I'm not running um, and I'm not moving, you know, vigorously, but I am able to do things I haven't been able to do in quite a long time. And I'm so thankful for, thankful for that. I was still able to put in my garden over the summer with a little bit of help from my friends. 
and enjoy the fruits and vegetables of that labor. Um, yeah, I, I get a little, I get by with a little help from my friends. I just had to put that little plug in there anyway. Um, so I like to be out in the garden every day. It gives me peace, but the reality is I wasn't able to be as active as I normally am or as much as I wanted to. And I'm older. I'm not as strong as I used to be. And my body is changing. It shows that's life. The bags under my eyes at times are not as big as the bags hanging from under my arm, but other days I feel like they are just as big. But let's face it, once a gal hits a certain age, your breasts retreat south. <laughs> it's like there's a magnet attached to my feet and my breasts are made of steel. Um, <laughs> and as I do lose weight, that skin that was once filled with plump perkiness is still there, but the plumpness is gone, so it looks like a deflated balloon. And at times I look in the mirror and I, and I wonder who Velcroed Sharpe puppies to my thighs because that's what they look like. So yeah, I admit it, the way I look in pictures and videos is one of the per perpetrators to my negative feelings uh, that I battle at times. It's not often though, but when it hits me, it's like it hits me with a ton of bricks. It's one of the propellers of my cerebral chaos. The rest has to do with the way I feel physically. You know, any sleepless nights, if I'm tossing and turning or having to get up and down a lot, it bothers me. Thankfully, I don't have any real hot flashes. I had a hysterectomy over 20 years ago, so I've been there, sweated that out already. But the physical that comes with getting older uh, and with the health challenges that I have is very real. The battle to balance hormones for any woman or even a lot of men um, and for me to control my celiac and to have a greater understanding of what my body is going through and what it will go through due to health challenges, um, it's very real and it does affect me. So it is a flesh battle. Now, I know I'm not the only one with or without a genetic disorder, painful diagnosis or sickness, because we all change bit by bit, day by day, even if you don't have the same health challenges that I do. It's the process of living in this human body. Everyone goes through it, men and women alike. And I think, well, most of this is just normal considering, well, life is life. So why do I get into a pity party? Why the boohooing and this... I am this close to hating myself rhetoric going on. I, I do that sometimes. It comes out of my mouth before I even, it's like a flash. I even barely think about it and it comes out of my mouth. And I don't want to become a whiner. I don't want to be a look at my social media profile, fake femme fatale in need of constant attention either. And while I'm far from that, uh, once in a while, I have a day or two that I'd rather go get a makeover, get my hair done and wear clothes that are too tight for my body in the hopes that it might make me feel better. I don't do that, but sometimes I think maybe I should and maybe it would make me feel better. There's something to it, right? Or so many women wouldn't be doing it. But I know it fizzles out. That, doing that and, and doing it over and over again, it doesn't last. It's not what's real. That feeling a good high of strutting your stuff and getting attention, making yourself look just a certain way, it doesn't last so long. Otherwise, people wouldn't keep doing it over and over and over again, right? All right, so I, I don't typically let these physical things get in the way of my mental and spiritual concentration or let my body derail my purpose. I remember once a couple years ago, I was walking down the hall at work, though, and someone about 15 feet in front of me 
headed my way, walking towards me, started laughing and pointing in my direction. And this is someone who was, who, who used to be always nice to me. So I turned and, and I looked behind me as she passed, thinking there must have been something going on behind me um, as she's starting to approach me that maybe she wasn't pointing at me is what I'm saying. So, but no, as she got closer, it was really apparent she was pointing at me. So there were two other people in the hall. We passed just as we came up on each other and she said, she looked at me though and she said, what are those stupid things on your legs? What kind of a ridiculous fashion statement are those? And she laughed. Well, I was wearing a dress, not something I do that often, but something I started a few summers ago when it gets really hot. So I, I really didn't think much about it to tell you the truth, but when I have to wear them, you can see my knee braces and that's what she was making fun of. And they come, they came just beneath my dress. Um, this particular dress came just right at my knees or just above them. So sure, my knee braces apparently look different, uh, especially with a dress and, and probably didn't look like anything she'd seen before and different than most people have seen. But, but those little babies on my knees help keep my knees from dislocating when my legs are weak. They help keep my daily pain at bay for as long as possible. So with those blessings, I can walk. And it never dawned on me that someone would laugh at me because I have braces on my knees. I just said to her as I kept on walking, they're knee braces so I can walk. And she laughed and said, well, they look stupid. And truthfully, it didn't faze me in the moment. I just thought, how sadly ignorant is she? Then I said a little prayer for her and I moved on. And that's the way I tackle most of these things dealing with looks and vanity. I could have fed into it and let that simple ignorant statement take me down for the day. And I could have let it send me into a pity party about having Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and, and owning about 14 different kinds of braces and a drawer full of ace bandages and tons of ice packs and, and heat packs and slings and walkers and rollators and about 50 other things <laughs> and devices that support my body. Uh, but that day I didn't let it take me there. And that's the way I am most days. Um, that day, I remembered who I am. I remembered whose I am. But recently, I had a little bit of stress. This week, in fact, the week I put on my calendar to start posting video clips from my last speaking engagement on social media. And I've let it get to me. Not the, the remembrance of that, but the videos. I let them get to me. You see, I've had, I've had 23 surgeries in my lifetime with a whole lot of recuperation and recovery time. So learning not to totally focus on what's going on in my flesh has been a battle on and off my whole life. When I can sneeze and pop a rib out or roll over in the middle of the night and my knee dislocates from having this thing called Ehlers-Danlos, I know that no matter how horrible I feel, I can't very well let my flesh stop me in my tracks or I would never truly live. I would just sit in one place all the time and be sad and, and let it take me down. I would never accomplish anything. Um, I've had to learn how to embrace where I am and who I am to learn how much I can challenge my body to change and accept the parts of it that won't change to learn to rest when I need to rest, to wear a brace, to do physical therapy, to ice things, to put heat on things, to move more, to move less when I need to, all of it, whenever's needed as needed, rinse and repeat, because if I don't, then I will become stagnant and I will feed into this woe is me pity party about my flesh. Yes, God can heal. And ho I thankfully know that he can because he's healed me from some very serious uh, ailments and physical things. But sometimes he chooses not to heal. And from the healing I've had, 
to the not being healed, I know there's a purpose in all of it. There's always a purpose in the pain too. I'm not a boo-hoo, look at me or look what I've done kind of a, a gal. So, so far, this kind of mindset to, de- to, to derail me the way that it has, it, it surprised me. Um, and I've had to dig into it. I've had to remind myself what's what, who's who, and who's I am. And one of my greatest desires in life is to truly live while I'm alive to not be stagnant, to continue to grow. So if you've known me for more than a blink of an eye, you will know that I, I do, I live, I have a passion for life. I'm not a standing on the sidelines, stuck in one spot, watching the world go by kind of a person. I lived that life when I was younger. I don't want to do that again. Um, and when I was much younger, that's how I was. I want to live the life of purpose that God has planned for me to move up and beyond and away from my flesh and into God's will for my life. This has been my focus for many years. And then boom, hello videos. Goodbye, Karen's determination to not let the flesh get in her way. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) confession time. That's where I've been this week. Have you ever felt similarly? (laughs) Something just kind of derailed you, made you stuck in a moment, obsessed about something. Well, this week, I feel like the evil queen in Snow White. (laughs) Mirror, mirror on the wall. I am not the fairest of them all. (laughs) Nowadays, um, I guess that would be selfie, selfie on my phone, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever. Uh, (laughs) I swear the Grimm brothers must have had a premenopausal, thick-thighed, chocolate-craving, over-cramping woman in their lives. (laughs) Otherwise, they would have never been able to write Snow White's evil stepmother. Was she the stepmother? That evil queen was such amazing detail. I mean, how many times have we looked in the mirror to see what's going on? How many times have you looked in in the mirror today or on any day? Or maybe for you, it's looking at your selfie camera to see if you've got anything in your teeth. I do that sometimes if I'm going somewhere and I don't have a mirror. (laughs) And of course you flip down the visor mirror in the car, you know, is your hair in place? Is your lipstick on? If you have makeup on, is it smudged? Am I okay without makeup today? Um, Are you feeling vain at all? Am I that much different than the stepmother in Snow White if I'm not just doing the little things to make sure I don't, you know, gross anyone out with smoothies stuck in my teeth or uh, things like that? Um, But if it's a constant, do I have to, do I have to, do I have to, because I'm afraid not to look in the mirror and say mirror, mirror, or think it? Hmm. Am I that much different than the stepmother in Snow White if I constantly do those things? She was consulting the mirror to get feedback on how she looked. At one time, she must have been the bomb, right? I mean, she must have been a knockdown drag. What do they call it? Knockdown drag out. Whatever. Really beautiful lady if she was actually the fairest in the land. Unless the mirror was constantly lying to her. And it's funny because when you, you look at the older cartoon she was a beautiful person. When you look at the newer stuff, they made her pretty ugly. And she was ugly inside for what reason? I don't know. I never watched some of the newer things about her, but anyway, I know she's just a character. She's not a real person, but point being <laughs> is that once Snow White came of age, she was not, she was no longer the fairest in the land. So she was asking, she was looking for validation in her mirror. You know, when I was researching some quotes earlier today, I found this horrible, horrible quote. It said, what's wrong with vanity? Like the evil queen in Snow White. 
Vain in my book is just another word for bold determination. And I thought, wow, that's so sad. And I believe there are a lot of people who embrace that same philosophy now. Guess what? Vanity and determination are two totally different words. They don't mean the same thing. The Bible has a few things to say about this kind of mirror, mirror vanity. Yeah, this is a case of intermittent relapsing vanity on my part, and I'm calling myself out, out on it. And frankly, it hurts because this hasn't been just a one day, one hour case of holy smokes, who's that person on that video? Why is her hair so thin? Why is she bigger than life? Bigger in all the wrong places. You probably wouldn't expect that level of vanity if you knew me. Not if you knew me very well. You'd probably say I was one of the least vain, laid back people you've ever met that's not plain meek or mild on my part. You know, I'm not doing that. Oh, look at me. I'm a good Christian by saying I'm not vain card. 90% of the time, I truly care not one whip about my clothes, my makeup, uh, which I don't often wear. Um, the makeup that is, I do wear clothes. I'm not doing a podcast naked. I'm just telling you that. <laughs> um, this is not the naked podcast, <laughs> just to reassure you. But anyhow, so today I'm feeling like, what is wrong with me? Because this is not normally how I am. Because when women's group meets at my house, <laughs> um, you're most likely to see me dressed in pajamas, my hair in a ponytail and slippers on my feet. That's how I lead Bible study <laughs> or barefoot. Yeah, that's me. I walk to the mailbox in my pajamas. I go to the garden in them. It just doesn't dawn on me to worry about what someone might see me dressed in or even care what they say about how I'm dressed. Although pure transparency here, I was a wee bit cringing inside a few years ago when I fell and broke my leg because I was in my pajamas in the front yard trampling around in six inches of snow taking pictures and the paramedics had to cut my pajamas off me in order to stabilize my leg. And I really didn't think so much about oh, what I was wearing or what they saw. At first, I was really upset because it was my favorite pair of pajamas and they had to cut them off and I didn't have them anymore. But it did... <laughs> It did um, sink into me later. Oh my gosh. I was wearing pajamas and they had to cut them off on me. I'm so sorry they had to see anything. Uh, <laughs> um, I had to expose my bottom to the medic and the police officer who was in training, by the way. Uh, I hope he's still a police officer. But anyway, it hasn't stopped me. I'm still a pajama wearing, not so vain, don't care what you think of my clothing choice person most of the time. Do I go to Walmart in my pajamas? No. No, I don't. Confession, I mainly don't do it because I don't want to end up on a, ridic a ridiculous ridicule online Facebook page that makes fun of people in Walmart in their pajamas. Um, at least they have clothes on people. Get over yourselves. I'd rather see people in their pajamas and thermal tops than a 40-year-old woman with skin-tight yoga pants on and, and a bikini top with her butt crack showing. I'm just saying. Uh, I believe COVID lockdowns and casual work atmospheres online have greatly changed the general attitude on vanity and clothing in some places, in most places. I see more people since COVID go without a filter or a Photoshop on their social media as well. And they're just who they are. And, and you're starting to see some celebrities do the same thing um, and just put themselves out there, good, bad, or, or ugly. And I find that refreshing. Um, not long ago, I saw someone on Instagram do a little reels about how women degrade themselves by wearing sweatpants, pajamas, and house dresses out in public or throughout the day, that they should be changing their clothes and looking a certain way all the time, that these women, as they were called, are what's wrong with the world. This semi-celebrity said that 
these women should take pride in themselves, put some makeup on, get off the couch, quit eating potato chips, and grab some self-esteem. Guess what, Miss Hollywood? I think it probably takes a whole lot more self-assurance and bravado to wear PJs in public than it does to take 30 minutes doing your hair and makeup just in case someone might see you when you pop into a store to buy some dog food and some stool softener. So no, I don't see anything wrong with wearing makeup or dressing nice. Everyone has to feel comfortable in their own skin. But if the reason you're wearing makeup is because you're not comfortable in your own skin, then that's an issue and that's vanity. If the reason you're dressing up to go buy some tampons and pick up your blood pressure medication is because you're afraid not to and because you don't love yourself well, then that's an issue. I mean, come on, if your focus is totally on how you look to the world and having your pride, as this woman said, then when is your focus ever on how Jesus sees you, on how he made you, or on just being who God made you to be? So this is why this topic is difficult for me, because I truly do do care. I care so much more about whether or not people see Jesus in me than whether or not they see me as attractive or just the right weight or physically beautiful. And yet, splish splash this week, dose of reality douses me when I see myself on video the past few weeks having to edit these videos. So what is vanity? It is defined as inflated pride in oneself and especially one's appearance. It is synonymous with narcissism, self-regard, self-admiration, conceit, self-glory. That's what the evil queen in Snow White was doing, right? She was plumping up her vanity by calling herself the fairest in the land. She was getting worldly validation from the mirror. How do we seek that validation from the world today? by posting selfies, um, checking ourselves in the mirror a dozen times a day, wearing extra makeup, uh, wearing makeup to reshape our face and redefine it, cover up anything that might be considered a flaw, wearing skin tight clothing and putting our, our, our size 14 body into a size 10 jeans, wearing uh, low cut blouses and, and higher cut thongs and shorter shorts, spray tanning everything getting Botox, getting um, plastic surgery, all of these things. So I saw an ad the other day that seems to feed right into this whole must post selfies culture that feeds into people's vanity. There are apparently businesses popping up all over the place called selfie cafes. Yeah, you pay somewhere between 25 and $50 for a couple hours where you have access to little mini photo vignettes. And they're like little mini sets that you can go in and take your selfies in front of. They offer just the right lighting, the right mood, and you can go take a selfie in some really funky settings like colorful, crazy furniture or fake nature backgrounds with imitation people milling about. And that whole concept boggles my mind, to be honest. Some of it's um, artificial intelligence, some of it's virtual reality. Apparently, it's meeting a, I would not say a need, but a want in a lot of people because there's more than one of these selfie cafes even in our area. So now, don't get me wrong. I think taking pics and enjoying life is healthy for the mindset, but not perpetually, constantly, especially of yourself uh, and to post on social media to show off your status or even your fake status. 
And when I talk about not worrying if I dress a certain way, and let me just say, I'm not talking about foregoing ever dressing up or looking nice or caring about how you look and feel inside, uh, making sure that you don't have something stuck between your teeth, making sure that you your hair looks nice. Those things are not bad things necessarily, but if they are the most important thing and you're doing it because you're afraid not to do it, that's different. I'm talking about using those things to feed yourself, to fuel yourself up and gaining your identity through the mirror and through basically how other your reflection of yourself in the way other people see you and react to you. I think it's highly important to work to stay healthy and great if you dress in a way that helps you feel better about yourself or feel good about the body you are blessed with be it shapely, straight, curvy, large or small, whatever it is. I think that's great. But I am talking about the kind of vanity that causes us to hyper-focus on nothing but ourselves. The kind that derailed me this week when I saw the rest of these videos from my speaking engagement. I had to watch myself so I could mark down times for the editor to splice them into little segmented videos that I can post on my website and social media. And the more I watched, the longer I saw myself talk and move, make crazy faces, then the more flaws I saw in myself. I saw every little flaw I knew I had and a list of ones I didn't know I had. <laughs> maybe someone else wouldn't consider them flaws and, and maybe some days I wouldn't either. But on an overly sensitive, critical, weak day um, where I, I'm facing the world differently um, maybe with, I'm not, I've not armored up. I've not been prayed up. I've not stayed in the Lord. I saw it differently. I saw all these flaws that I didn't see before. I saw how thin my hair was, which I've known that, but it was shocking to see it this way. Like as it moved about in the video, <laughs> um, I saw how red my face got under the lights when I was talking about things that I'm passionate about and, and how I had to adjust my blouse frequently because one side of my body is a little bit lower than the other one because one leg is longer than the other one and one breast is bigger than the other one. So yeah, my entire body is lopsided. It's a fact I've known it, known about my whole life, but seeing it on, on, on this video was like watching a, a baby taste medicine for the first time. I know that's the look I had on my face. <laughs> I know my face puckered and my, my squinty eyes bugged out a little and I tilted my head to one side, hoping uh, that what I was experiencing was not actually happening. That's what I was hoping, but it was, it didn't taste great. I wanted to spit it back out. <laughs> so if there was a time uh, I didn't want to look in the mirror, it was this week. The videos were enough. The still shots from, from the day weren't so bad, but that all depends on how close up they were. And if I was holding a prop or not, even in some of the still shots though, I noticed how awkward my mouth sits and oh my goodness, I really do look like I'm going to land a plane when I speak. <laughs> People have told me my whole life how I crack them up because I talk with my hands so much. It is a sign of a great communicator, by the way. So it never bothered me before because I knew this, but holy smokes. This week in looking at them, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I've never seen a full on video of myself, especially this one. It was an hour long video. Just in, in great detail, well recorded, well lit, full on arms flailing, body moving. <laughs> At first I cracked up. I mean, I really did. I enjoyed the video the first time I watched it. I was so excited to get this professional video done and they did such a great job on it. But then the third time, the fifth time, the 15th time I had to watch it. Oh, 
I saw all the other things that I didn't like. And as I went back and watched more video to edit and splice bits and pieces together, I noticed something I hadn't paid attention to in a very long time, and it kind of startled me. My mouth droops to one side, more dramatically when I'm pronouncing certain words over others. In fact, it droops so much that it affects my speech a little bit. Again, it's been years since I've seen myself on video and never in this great of detail for this length of time. And I don't know if I just forgot that my face drooped to one side or what, because I did know this, but it seemed so prominent to me. Now, I know when I hear myself on, on my podcast, I have to go back and listen to it or edit anything. I can hear sometimes that my words sound a little slurred, certain words, or some words don't come out as well as I'd like them to. But hey, this is me. This is the way I talk. And considering I do have a little hillbilly accent in me somewhere um, after living in Kentucky the past 20 plus years, I just let it slide. It kind of all sometimes runs together. So I never let the droopy mouth bother me before, but I've never really watched myself that way. Uh, so I didn't really know. It was a, a well-earned droop, let me just say. But what I saw in the video sort of sunk me further into that desire for synapsedilation, a complete stalling of the ability to focus on everything but that fact, the droopy face, because it brought me back to the reason for the droop. So back in 2001, I had a blood vessel that burst in the back of my throat, and I had a minor stroke during that, that many hours of trauma when I was in the blood loss, and that left me with some residual effects after healing. Uh, praise God they found out what the issue was, and even though it took a while, I did heal, but I still have this one place on the corner, um, on the one side of my mouth, on the left side that has no feeling in it, and it droops. Uh, I just joke most of the time that no one notices because my entire body is lopsided anyhow, but seeing that on the video, it, it, people have to notice. I, I definitely was surprised, and again, vanity. Vanity kicked in, taking pride in one's own beauty and self-glorification. And actually, to be more precise, I wasn't taking pride in how I looked, but I was being critical of what I couldn't take pride in. I couldn't pride myself on having this perfectly uh, balanced face and per perfectly balanced mouth, and that's vanity. I was chastising myself for not being able to take more pride, for not being more vain and not dressing up more, not wearing more makeup and not doing my hair differently. If I had done more uh, uh, with what hair I have, if I had put more makeup on, if I hadn't have had a stroke, if I had worked harder to look a certain way, then I could take pride in that. If I weighed less or, or wore a different blouse, then one breast wouldn't be in the C category or look like the other one was in the B. All the things that rushed at me watching these videos, they were just taunting me to take pride in them. Uh, that's vanity too. Being into my looks and over-focusing on them, obsessing on them instead of the content of the video and the words that were coming out of my mouth. Whether I think they were, uh, the videos were fantabulous or not, um, it still hit me and it triggered this vanity inside me. I actually met a woman the other day who was shockingly vain. Some might call it confident. I don't. In fact, I believe that a lot of men and women who come across as overly confident or cocky and narcissistic, that they might actually be extremely painfully insecure, though I have no real evidence of such. I, that's just my personal belief from certain people I've known who are cocky. 
I think they have to work hard to love themselves. They don't feel worth uh, being loved and they usually feel very unloved by other people. They might not even know the love of Jesus Christ. So they talk themselves up and, and work hard to display themselves as someone who is the loveliest, the fairest in the land, if you will. And, and so I met this particular woman at an event uh, and a training. She was beautiful, I have to say. And when I complimented her on her dress, I said, this is such a great outfit. Her response was looking at me like, duh, of course. She said, yes, I know. Doesn't matter though. I make every outfit look good. <laughs> I just smiled, halfway laughed inside. And I said, yeah, okay. And I walked off. That is also an example of vanity and self-pride. You know, we can so easily fall into these traps, either by trying to make ourselves feel better because we feel so insecure or because we actually feel that way, either making vanity 10% of our lives or 90% of our lives. Either way, it's not okay. It's still vanity. First Peter 3, 3 through 4 says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. I know that's difficult, and it's a reminder that we all need from time to time, some of us more than others. But the inner beauty, the gifts, the compassion, the love we have within us is so much more valuable than anything we can put on the outside of us. What we have inside is so much more worthy than anything in this world that we can wrap ourselves in, apply to our faces, or Photoshop into our selfies. So I've been working through these, these pictures and video, like I said, and I've been praying and seeking God's direction in it. You know, I ask you to pray for me too, because to overcome my vanity with it and my, my self-deprecation, my negative thoughts and, and even worldly ideas about how I should look if I post a picture or a video online. It will never, ever be my favorite thing to do. I have to tell you that. And, and I don't know how often I'll do it, but I have prayed a lot about it. And I know this is what God has been leading me to do for quite some time, to just reach out and reach out to others with his word and encouragement, with love and hope and laughter, with inspiration for their journey. And I myself, I love it when I can go online and I, I see a little clip or a video clip of someone else and it's made me laugh or it's encouraging or inspirational. Um, this is what I do with my podcast. And I have said no a thousand times to God, which is not good. It's called disobedience. And it's born out of this vanity and out of fear. I've worked hard the last 20 plus years not to make decisions out of fear and not to go forward in fear or shrink back because of fear, but to step out in truth. So please continue to pray for me and in agreement with me that I won't let vanity or fear keep me from whatever it is that God has for me and that he wants me to do. So no ridicule, uh, no judgment of man or woman or of myself should reside in my head and take over my heart because of how I look or how anybody else looks. I know that's easier said than done, but it is so important. And like God does, he reminded me of that in a big way, not long ago. So I was talking to a woman who was telling me about her quest to lose weight. We were commiserating actually. She's quite petite though, not like me. She's, you know, I have linebacker shoulders and huge feet and lumberjack hands. That's just how I was made. Comes in handy by, at times, by the way, but she's about four foot 11 and 
around 50 years old. She's gained weight over the last few years and she's been trying to lose 20 pounds. She's tried all kinds of drinks, powders, and potions. None of it's worked. So we were talking about foods and chemicals and hormones. And she said, I just hate all this because I get so tired of hearing my husband say, think you could gain any more weight. And then he said to her, thank God I don't have to pay for you by the pound like I do for food at the store. I couldn't, I was just taken aback. I mean, I know that my jaw dropped. I, I couldn't believe it. I said, your husband says those things to you. And she said, yeah, doesn't yours? Um, no, absolutely not. Never, never. And I told her that. And she said, well, I guess I just grew up that way. And I married someone who is that way. My husband pokes me in the side and pinches my waist where I've gained weight and tells me he'll be glad when I stop getting so fat. I'm telling you what, y'all, I about cried. I felt angry on her behalf and I was startled, I guess because that is so far from my own reality and because I have been blessed not to have that as an example growing up either. We weren't allowed to degrade each other that way and my parents didn't degrade each other that way. Joking around is one thing, but to insult and pick apart anyone else's look or their intellect or their character... No, I never saw my dad do anything but encourage my mom and love her no matter what changes her body went through. And my husband, he actually gets on me and gets upset if he hears me degrade myself. He hates it if I say anything derogatory about myself, including about my looks. So this completely, it, it just pushed me over. I felt like I was watching one of those really bad movies on TV. And so this woman, whom I have great compassion for now, she looks at me though without a tear, without sadness, without it even choking her up and without any shame in saying it, she looks at me, someone who is also overweight and says, well, I just have to listen to my husband because I am fat and fat is ugly no matter who it's on. I just have to keep taking these pills and he'll start treating me nice again. Oh, ladies, let me repeat it. First of all, pray for her. You don't know who she is, but God does. Um, but let me repeat this. My self-esteem, my level of self-love, Jesus's love for me are not up for grabs. They are not dependent on what someone else says of me or thinks of me or how they want to judge me. I cannot and you cannot. We cannot let what the world says about us, what any person says about our looks, about our self-worth, just take seat and, and reside in our heads and hearts and take up space that is meant for the love of Jesus Christ, because that's what it will do. Hearing this woman's words about herself made me check my own words. It reminded me to listen to what I'm saying to myself. It made me hear how I must sound to my husband when I do degrade myself, which I don't do very often at all. Thank God. Um, it took me a long time to get to that point though. It made me quickly reflect back on all the flaws I chastised myself for this week in the videos, in the pictures I saw. It made me desire to pray more for the strength to put this vanity issue in the place where it belongs, which is not inside me, which is out of my head. And to do the videos online and post the pictures of the real me the way that I should, lopsided breasts, thin hair, big feet and all on my social media, because I am not ashamed of who I am. I won't be belittled by my fears. I am a work in progress. I will be changing and growing all of the time. I don't want to grow bigger. Hopefully I will continue to get healthier and grow smaller. 
I have had times in my life where I've been extremely healthy and extremely fit with an awesome figure and times that I have been the complete opposite uh, for some of my own fault and some not of any fault of my own. But I have these health challenges as we all do. We have different things that challenge us mentally, emotionally, and physically that we have to deal with that affect the way that we look, but we can't feed into it. And that cannot, cannot be uh, our point of embracing vanity. I won't be belittled by my fears or by my desires to be physically different than I am. And I refuse to let fear tell me lies about who I am and what my worth is because I don't look a certain way. I refuse to be a wife who thinks that it's okay for my husband to insult me and say my worth is tied to how I look. And thank God I don't have that in my life, but I would refuse to be it. I refuse to be a woman who speaks negative words instead of positive words of love and hope to other women and to myself. To be a woman who actually believes that someone who is overweight in any measure is ugly because of it is not being a woman of God. So will my body change and, and change for the better? Maybe. Will I work on making it the healthiest it can be in the face of Ehlers-Danlos, dislocated joints, perpetual pain, and, and over the test of time and hormones? Yeah. Yes, absolutely, because this is the body God gave me. This is the temple that I have to take care of. Will I continue to let myself lament and boo-hoo over how I could look, how I wish I looked, what I don't have? No. Today, taking me a while this week, but no. Today, I refuse, and I hope you refuse too. I pray you'll embrace the way God sees you from the inside out and the way that he made you from the inside out, from the heart to the head, to the face, to the feet, from the freckles on your nose, to the occasional split ends on your hair, to the wider hips. And, or if you have thinner lips to cellulite, to unpainted toenails, to dry skin on your elbows, to the blisters on your hands from doing hard work. I pray that what others see in you is the sparkle in your eye that comes from the light of Jesus Christ. Not a sadness there because you weren't born to be or look like something other than who you are. First Samuel 16, seven says the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And I encourage all of us to work harder to be more like the Lord. So today I pray for each of you and for myself as well, that we will know that our outward appearance and that vision we see when we look in the mirror should reflect what's in our hearts and in our spirits, not what's in our makeup bag or in a selfie that we post online but from the heart of who we are from the spiritual spiritual child of God that each of us is that's the way that we need to project ourselves embrace ourselves and show other people uh, who we are I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to me and praying for me I will be praying for every listener I really appreciate it. And I thank you for tuning into the Woman Inspired podcast. Again, hop on out to womaninspired.com if you want more information on how to schedule me to speak at your event or for more information about this podcast and the Inspired Whispers podcast. Thank you. And I hope you have a blessed week.